June 21st, 2018. Welcome to Postmarkdom 12. I'm Scott Southerd. And I'm Tim Crisp, the host of Postmarkdom. And Scott, my friend, the question on my mind and the minds of everyone out there, how was dinner with your dad on Saturday? Oh my gosh. Saturday, just picture this. Saturday night, hanging out in Chicago, big bustling city, a lot of live energy. Oh, live event energy. A lot of live event energy. Can you imagine going to a live event this past Saturday in Chicago, Illinois, with your family nonetheless, celebrating one of the biggest days of the year in Father's Chicago. Day, the head of the family. The, the old patriarch. We went to a jazz club in Chicago called yeah. Green Mill. It's got a little bit of a of a history. Oh, that's got some history. Yeah, it's also, it's kind of it's funny because they know how much history they have, and there's like enough cursory, skin surface level history that sure, they're pretty pissed about it. And yeah, you know, it's they, like working at Ed DeBevix. Yeah, definitely. The they have like a list on their website. They have like a list of you know, cash only. Right. No, we can't tell you about the prohibition tunnels. Uh huh. Blah blah blah. Oh really? Yeah, they're just like pissed off that you're coming there to like <laughs> see a part of history. I do love that. Yeah, it's great. It was. It's a lovely place. It's they. It's cute. It's cash only. It's a yeah. jazz club. It's really nice. But it was just. Did you uh, get your dad a card? No, I didn't. I bought him uh, some dinner that his wife uh, returned to the uh, to the back of the kitchen. Uh, and then received uh, a newly cooked dish that she promptly asked for a box for to take home. Uh, it's the box that does it. God, I just am fucking embarrassed. Well, it was a rough time, especially just knowing the whole time that I was there, you were at uh, NXT TakeOver 2 in Chicago. Well, not only was I at NXT TakeOver 2 in Chicago, but I watched the NXT taping. That aired on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. How did that go? I watched like the first part of it today. I didn't watch the whole thing. I got to tell you, Bianca Belair, oh. star. Absolute star. She fought Dakota Kai? Fantastic match. I love Dakota, Ta- Me Dakota too. Kai, too. She, I really like was, she was the one that I was pulling for in the Mae Young Classic. Like, I know you're not going to win, but you, you're just so damn lovable. Uh, Bianca Belair is on her ascent. Let me tell you. And let me tell you about that. That NXT card. It's, you know, I think a lot of the talk on the buildup to it was like, you know, this is kind of a card that's just kind of okay. We've got we've got the big main event, the Chicago Street Fight, but the undercard is looking a little eh. Yeah, we talked a little bit about how the championship match was seemingly like a holdover match. Yeah. Uh, similarly with the women's championship match. And both of those things kind of turned out to be true. Um, a little bit. They were I great. I really liked the Shayna Baszler and Nikki Cross match. That one didn't translate quite as well. To, that's the one that you didn't miss anything by seeing live because it was so much about like, the faces yeah i was i was really impressed with that match and talking with you because i watched it obviously to to clarify things i watched it the next morning well so did i uh, because it was that goddamn good when good i saw show. it live it you saw it live such a good show but Ricochet yeah oh my word velveteen dream holy shit a velveteen dream is 
he just continues to top himself. Comes out dressed like motherfucking Hulk Hogan. Ah, uh, dude. Wearing Ricochet's tights. It was, and I mean, w- the way he came out was just in this manner, this Hogan manner. And he's doing all the manners and he's wearing the Hogan gear. And this is at a time when obviously Hulk Hogan has said some racist ass shit. Yo, and we yeah. all know this about him. A Velveteen Dream is a black man and he's coming out half paying homage to hogan but also half just disgracing him by you know overly do i mean doing the giving him the gold dust treatment giving him what's like in the future going to be called the velveteen dream treatment and you know just totally you know mocking it and you know what he got out of ricochet too it's kind of like you know it's i'm not super familiar with ricochet's work but i you know he talks about it himself uh just in the build-up to that that he's the flips guy Mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of personality that tends to come out of the guy but you know what those two did with each other was really really special and i couldn't help but think like somewhere down the line that's a match for a title like and not even an nxt title like that's a wwe title match yeah that's five years that's a wrestlemania main event at some point i mean these two both have it and on such levels that are it's not i mean nxt has loads of wrestling in-ring talent but watching those two come out watching their entrances and watching like the magnetic crowd appeal that they both have and the way that just people reacted to them the there's there's like the the intangible qualities of wrestling just ooze out of both of these dudes yo for real and i think like it's it's wild to think that velveteen dream is like maybe the first like full embodiment of somebody who can be so referential on so many different levels you know he he goes in and he does the hogan entrance but he's also got you know he's got ricochet's ring gear from when he was on the indies and stealing each other's moves and he's just he's just working on this psychological level that I guess I'm surprised that it's taken as long as it has, but that doesn't change the fact that it's completely like transcends transcendent and new and groundbreaking. That that's true. And couple that with the fact that anybody can kind of pull these one off uh, showings of like yeah, wearing your tights in this really interesting way but this whole feud was about anything you can do I can do better and that just folds right into it this storytelling is so deep and, and it has been it was with the Aleister Black feud that that dream had that to Aleister say my Black name thing fantastic. it's crazy that he can just take a sentence and turn it into a feud take a sentiment and turn it into a feud and actually build off of that in a way that the main event has no capability of doing right now. You're talking about the WWE. The WWE main event. The main the main roster. Let me tell Apologies. you about that main event at NXT TakeOver mm. 2. Holy shit. That was a hell of a match, huh? God, that was just like pretty unbelievable. The, the you know, the amount of psychology that goes into that street fight, the fact that you're looking at two people who want to kill each other and I mean, Tommaso Ciampa pulls the damn apron off of the ring, pulls the mat up, exposes wood, and uh, <laughs> um, but which first of all, his erection. 
he pulls he pulls that ring apron the, the mat back and first of all that's something that's like to some level is breaking kayfabe right there's yeah. something there that's like well they are padding this mat here which obviously we all know we all right, know right, how right. a ring is fucking built with these two by fours we whatever. all saw the fox special wrestling <laughs> secrets exposed I mean, we did right like yeah. that was that was cool but there's a level of of no one would they would never do that in on the main roster right but also we talked about this in the car ride home how the car ride home from the the money in the bank show uh but we talked about it how the the checkoff's gun Hap- concept happens in wrestling a lot, right? They'll introduce right. a chair, and then by the end of the match, someone gets hit with the chair. Yeah. Uh, Why are they putting that ladder up in that awkward position in the corner like that? Well, just wait. Someone's going to get suplexed on it. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, this is an even bigger indication when he rips this map, this mat up, and you know something's happening with it eventually. But it was so cool to have that be this elephant in the room for the entire match. And then as soon as it gets used, the match ends. It's, so just, it's just a it, blackout. Like, and the, and the fact that you know when it happened, it wasn't, it wasn't like, the table spot that you're waiting for. It's just the crowd is just like, oh my god, I can't fucking believe that happened. Yeah, because that's not, like, a, that's not a sexy move. That's not. No. Uh, there's not a lot of pomp and circuit. There's not a lot of uh, flair to that. It's just a deadening thud is all it is it's you know that that hurts really bad it's it's amazing that you know there are all these things that are kind of like if they're fighting again you're we're all kind of there thinking like trump is gonna win and you know exposing the the baseboards like oh well, someone's going to get slammed onto those all these things that we know are going to happen and then when they happen we're we're still shocked and we're still pissed because I, I just love how people invest in this story so much that they are really, really adamantly booing the bad guy. Totally. And uh, and coupled with that, we're watching Johnny Gargano go through this match. The the matches that they're having, this unsanctioned match and now the street fight, quote unquote, are enabling him to do more and more dastardly things, more and more reckless and desperate things. Uh, in order to try and beat his ultimate rival here, uh, the last match, the previous match, ended with him, you know, trying to choke him to death with the man's own knee brace, and this one has him, you know, taking a secret weapon out of the crowd and hitting him and hitting him in the back with right. it. like a lot of really interesting stuff happens. Pulling here. him away from agents and and medical personnel. Yeah, chucking him around when he's on a stretcher. <laughs> That's evil. That's that's vile. Well, I mean, when someone disrespects your wedding ring, what else are you going to do? I mean... I can't believe he took his wedding ring off and threw it. Just chucked it. <laughs> this thing was so fucking I mean, good. And, you know, okay, so it's crazy because I, in any other capacity, it's like, obviously, it's a fake wedding ring. I that is that is Was that his real wedding ring? I'm, I have no idea, but I kind of think it might have been. I mean, it looked like the one that he always wears. I think that... They could probably find a. Hey, these people, these guys with the black wedding rings. I don't, I don't get it. It's, it's tough. It's manly. Uh huh. Um, I hate to gloss over the fucking first match because that was a lot of people's favorites too. I love that match. Oh my god! 
It was so fucking good. Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly. Fucking just walking around with his head like about to fall over. Worst posture in the history of wrestling. But Uh, when I watch that. His neck is just like non-existent (laughs) when he's walking around. Except when he air guitars. Like when he gets his his belt off for the air guitar. You see his neck for a little bit. But then it goes back down. (laughs) I I watched that match and I... uh, I went back to the. La- I never listened to our podcast afterwards, but I went back uh-huh. to it because I couldn't remember what you said about him. You called him Ishii. Yeah. You said he's doing Ishii. You never listened to our podcast? I listened to like the first one just to realize that I say whatever way too often and I pause too often. I can't ca- gather my words quickly. I, I, I listen to every one of these, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm missing you the most. Oh my gosh. That makes me feel just so touched. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I hate the way I sound. I can't deal with it. But I'm just like, great point, Tim. Oh, wow. What a smart <laughs> thing you just said, me. I, I listened back into it just to just to find that Ishii call out because I couldn't remember who you were talking about. Because the whole match, I was thinking, Kyle O'Reilly is doing Taz. <laughs> Kyle O'Reilly is Taz right now. He's j- Which is such a, such a similar thing. This beefy boy just yeah. brutalizing people uh, and trying to break their bones and hit them as hard as they can. and it's kyle o'reilly's on another level dude he's he's fantastic and man like oni lorkin and danny brush Ah, like i feel like like our section uh well our row is very pro oni lorkin guess who uh was called gorski's just like i'm horny for oni that's not bad it's it was very funny uh but you know, you could see the the tides turn. I think in the crowd, like with these two people, because it it feels like they're they're just two nobodies that are in this mm-hmm. match. That you know, like any other any other takeover, they wouldn't be in the position that they are. And there's probably a lot of truth to that. But at the same time, like this is this is a freaking fantastic match that happened. Whole card was good. Kind of set up a pretty tough uh, act to follow the next night. Um, which you know we're you're free of of your obligations. Uh, yeah, book that Father's Day off of Father's Day so we <laughs> could go see these real daddies fight each other. I I'm very happy we went to it. Money in the bank. Yeah, it's, it's so much fun. It was fun. I, it's a spectacle. It's a hell of a spectacle. And you know, I think the talk about Money in the Bank going into this pay per view was that they're trying to push this and make it not just the Big Four, but the Big Five and the fifth being Money in the Bank. With that in mind, was it successful? I don't. Maybe I, I. I realized just now that I haven't read any reactions about this show. I don't know if people like this or not. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the temperature on this was. Uh, I think it was a good big show. I thought so too, and I felt like there was. I I felt like there was an energy to it that was definitely beyond. You know, we've been to. We've been to Royal Rumbles. We've been to WrestleManias. There's always something different in the air. I mean, WrestleMania is its own thing, but Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble's different than going to Extreme Rules or Payback. Sure. And this, to me, felt pretty on par, and I think it had a lot to do with the city that we're in because, I mean, goddamn, we, we were on fire this weekend. What a great crowd. Oh, man. Um, I had no more fun. The, at the whole show than when we got to boo Roman Reigns. Yo, 
let's talk about that. Not to jump ahead, but that that one was wild to me because you know when when we went to WrestleMania, I was pretty mad about the fact that like the main event for me got ruined by people who were just shitting on that thing before it started. But you go into this show and it's like, you know that they're going to shit on all of it before it starts. It doesn't seem like it was smart on their part to pair him with gender because it's not like heat is going to transfer on to gender. It's just going to be like, well, we hate everything here. Um, and, you know, I was sitting next to Pat, and Pat Pat and I were in a pretty similar boat as far as WrestleMania goes. Yeah, and absolutely. He's, and he's just like, I don't know why they can't just let this match happen. And I said to him, I said, I think that I would identify a lot more with that if Roman didn't just beat Samoa Joe. Yeah. That, to me, was like a, a pretty clear indicator that, like, it's just going to be the same shit with this guy. And they're not understanding what is wrong with it. And the the best that they could do was put this where they put it, which, you know, it was, it was right after something good and it was right before something good. So it's like, let's just get it all out now. Get it out in the middle of the show. I don't know if you watch back. They did a really good job uh, shielding the audience on TV from seeing how fucking uninterested the fans were did i i didn't watch that match back and i've been meaning to because i think that was one of the most interesting matches uh you can't see the wave the wave is not visible the wave happened for like three minutes a long time that was crazy i mean and it was full on the whole crowd was doing it yeah you can see like the the beach ball stuff all the beach ball stuff is happening off camera but you can see the hard cam fans are only looking Mm -hmm. you know into that corner of the arena but you know nobody's interested but fucking the announcers don't stop talking feel like the audience is muted as much as they possibly can be if you're watching that you're like i guess it's it doesn't translate fully but i don't know if it ever really does live i mean Still watching Money in the Bank 2011, you can't get even close to like how loud that arena was. That arena was so loud, and I think that there was not comparable, but you know, an excessive volume happening at this show too. Mostly in this match, I think this was maybe the loudest that we got as a unified crowd. Yeah, and that's interesting to hear that it doesn't really come across. I mean, you can tell, sure, but it's like. You can tell because of the context that you have for how fans react to Roman Reigns, yeah, you know where they are, um, but it, the, they do a pretty good job of, of hiding it, you know? I'm just, I mean, which makes sense, right? They knew what was going to happen, and I think that's what's one of the most interesting things from my perspective is why or what what's going on in the back that is, they're not stupid. I, I just think that... We, a lot of us as like smart marks, smart fans are asking these questions like, why are they putting Roman in these positions? Because they clearly know what's going to happen here. All of the fans in Chicago came in knowing exactly how we were going to react to this match. Yeah. And it's like it it's such a it's such a blip on like the Roman uh, trajectory. It 
doesn't this is a very inconsequential match that's happening right here like maybe the past few years of roman are leading into something where it's all gonna like make a little bit more sense than it does now i mean i think rusev is a perfect example of the fact that they have been doing really really good slow building of this guy into you know turning him into a baby face and the fact that rusev has main evented smackdown like many times this year and he's winning a lot and yeah. people are like you know why aren't you pushing rusev why aren't you doing anything with rusev day and then it's like all of a sudden it's like oh he's gonna fight aj styles and it makes sense. It makes total sense. He earned it. He's there. But, you know, relay, relating that to Roman, it's like, all right, well, maybe they're doing something. But also, like, wh- what is this serving? I don't know. And I think that's what is – I think it's very compelling. I think there's something here that, you know, the majority of the the older grown-ups hate him. And there's still a lot of kids that love him. And he still gets the most noise out of almost any superstar on the roster, uh, whether it's it's positive or negative. And something is still happening with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten bored of him. Like like I said earlier, well, yeah, like maybe we weird, have, right. but I have so much goddamn fun booing Roman Reigns. I still do. I did in 2013 when we saw him at the Rumble. Yeah. Like, what year was that? And. Five years later, I'm still thoroughly enjoying booing the hell out of him. Uh huh. And I mean, I don't know if I'm having the same, if I'm coming at it with the same uh, attitude as a lot of people are, but I think it's really fucking fun to do. And I, I'm, there's still some sort of brand on him uh, that hasn't been washed away yet. That's continuing, like you said, the when Roman beats Joe, that's just like reasserting this thing that we hate about him or that the crowd is is finding distasteful or it is yeah yeah yeah, for sure i I don't know what it is it's hard it's hard to it's hard to know um the yeah i mean i i've watched that match twice i i don't know what happens in it at all i have not been able to because it's like we were there and it's like well there's absolutely no chance i'm like watching this match for what it it actually is and watching it again it's like i'm only here to watch the crowd hate it Mm -hmm. it's so wild um and i well just one more point here the the match is rest holds that match uh from what i remember of it was a lot of rest a lot of rest holds yeah which allows the crowd room to breathe and to talk they're not these people are not stupid that are putting these matches on. They know that that's the case. Jinder doesn't have to put him in headlocks, put Roman in headlocks. They don't. These two dudes are in great shape and could put on a 15-minute match that doesn't include tons of rest holds. But they did that, and they allowed the crowd to talk and to make noise in between the big, yeah. the big spots. Well, if that's the point, then why are they trying to mute that when it's on TV? I don't know, man. <laughs> it's so weird. I can't wait. I can't wait for the fucking oral history of Roman Reigns uh, that happens in like best. 15 years. Actually, it'll probably be in like five years because nobody can fucking wait on anything anymore. Um, we gotta, we gotta revise everything. It's like, oh man, remember, remember six months ago. Um, but hey, two ladder matches they're I let, great i let this fucking i let i let music shit get in the way of of this here there's a, there's a goddamn 
oral history of the Gaslight Anthem record that I keep hearing like ads for on Shoemaker's podcast. That record came out five minutes ago. Who gives a fuck? Is it 59 cents? Yeah. Is that on Shoe? They're advertising that on Shoemaker? Yeah, because that that, that article's on The Ringer. Oral history Um, of the Gaslight's 59 sound. Who gives a fuck? I mean, I don't know. I I like that record. I hate it. It's a good record. I, I, I would love to not hear anything from it for a year. Sure. You know, it'd be dope hmm. if I if I didn't hear a pavement song for a year. Mm. That'd be cool too. Um, I, I mean, the coffee shop that will not allow that to happen. All the all these new bands, they just I'm like, oh, we just love pavement. So does everybody. everybody dog loves pavement. Um, two ladder matches. Which one is your favorite? Oh, the women. I think so, right? Oh, definitely. How Becky was so close. The the fucking crowd wanted it they wanted becky so badly i think what it is about her is that there's no one in wrestling right now that makes me believe in kayfabe so organically yep becky the way that i talked about this the way that it just naturally came out of my mouth was like becky was close to winning that match yeah absolutely i believed it and i think that Booking wise, she was close to winning that match. She was right there. She has an absolute magnetism to her that you know. For me, it's 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 like Becky and Seth right now. They're they're sure. two fighters that I believe in. They're two you know people who who I think give a really solid babyface personality, like modern babyface, where. They acknowledge real life. They come off as just like like good, hardworking people, people that like would be nice to you if you saw them mm-hmm. in public and care about like, you know, the people that care about them. And I think that there's I think that there's enough enough childhood in all of us to actually like really always want those things to exist in in the wrestlers that we like yeah definitely and i think uh, similarly with both of those that's i guess it's kind of pushed on the on the programming front that these are both very good people they're both good dudes but i think it comes off so naturally from both of them that it's just really easy to get behind them both yeah i mean i think that you just I think that you just see it and you see it and there's a sincerity to it. And, and then, yeah, you know, you couple that with the fact that like you want, you want Becky to win for the same reasons that you don't want Roman Reigns to win. Mm-hmm. You want, you want her story to be told. That seemed like a great opportunity for her story to be told. I don't think that there's a chance that people in the back are not like, whoa people want becky to win things Mm -hmm. and i think that i think that the time will come for her i loved the alexa win so great alexa cash in fantastic phenomenal i think that the the two ladder matches makes it so it it opens up so many doors here because Having the immediate cash in has gives everything a huge pop, but it's also, I mean, they're blowing their load really quickly here. But since we've got two briefcases, that's perfect. One can one can go quick and one can last for a season or two. And 
Alexa Bliss, of course that's what she would do. This is so perfectly fitting with her persona. So smart and conniving. And I mean, on all levels, the surprise of her, you know, coming out from underneath the ring (laughs) to fucking hit Ronda to beat her up. She beat up Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And then she beat up Nia Jax. And then hit her with the finish and here we go new champion but also the fact that it's like we're all we all saw ronda do a thing and it's great that she didn't win and it's great that that she didn't win because of something that is not under her control yeah i mean we can talk about that match a little bit too because ronda and naya was fun oh so that was going well it was so good they fought for like 10 minutes dude and she takes bumps in just that reckless Mm -hmm. way where it's it's like it's kind of like she's not doing it right yet Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's someone in the back that's like hey uh you you kind of can't land that way you're not gonna like not gonna last very long if you keep doing that Mm -hmm. but it's just like it's so it's so invigorating because she's out there and she's making it feel real and she's making it seem like she's not trying to to protect herself in the same way that like you know people who go through the motions on a on a nightly basis are doing and just that big fight feel of her coming in and you know similar to wrestlemania i think people are people are skeptical a little bit but she looked great she looked great. I think, I mean, it's it's hard to not continue comparing her to Brock Lesnar. Right. Uh, she doesn't fight every every night. She's not there every week. Uh, when she is there, it is, the, it, like you said, it's a big fight feel. And I think that it maybe helps hide a little bit of her greenness. Because in this match, she looked great. She looked phenomenal. She so good. I mean, she's a natural. It's like, it's like, you know, when people talk about Kurt Angle coming in and just like being able to understand how to do it as quickly as he did. I mean, like obviously Ron has got a little bit, you know, you you can't, you can't put huge accolades on quite yet when there've only been two matches. Sure. But at the same time, it's like, I, I think that she's, I think that she's just fantastic and she brings a crazy weight onto everything. And you know, as we got further into the card, I was like, is this going to be the main event? It would have been fucking fine. Yeah, truly. It would have made a lot of sense. I think that there's like, I think that there's still amount, an amount of like people getting kind of hung up on, you know, just wanting to not be okay with the way that they're pushing her because, you know, there's some, there's some unwritten rule out there that you have to do this and this before you can, you know, be in a title match. I like that all of those things are getting thrown to the wayside. Yeah, I think that's true. I think as soon as it was proved that Ronda can fight and in in, can wrestle, can sports entertain, I think as soon as that happened, as soon as that was made apparent, like, cool, doesn't matter now. Put her yeah. wherever. She's a damn champ. And I love, you know, with her losing and then her fucking going off the walls on Raw. Oh, my gosh. Getting suspended, like, that's a really good thing for her too. They're just, I think that they're doing a really great job of like, like they've played all of this by ear and they're figuring out how to do it and how to like make it happen. And it's, it's funny, you know, the way that they like, 
weren't sure what to do with it for Mania. And then they're like, all right, let's do it. And then it looked like maybe they jumped the gun on it too much, but then it was great. And then they were like, all right, let's put it in the title match. And people started to worry like, like oh, no, oh is, no, that, no. is that a good idea? And then it was. And now it's just like, all right, just take her off TV. Yeah, I think they're, it's it's kind of funny to watch them use every trick in the book to not give her the belt. Right. But put her in huge matches and, and give her the limelight without fully committing to her as the champion you know face of the company quite yet it's like after brock beat uh the undertaker and it was like well if he doesn't have the belt like who would have the belt and then they finally like all right now he's gonna fight cena he just destroys him Mm -hmm. um so i i feels like that's gonna be the the summer slam story is that she's finally gonna get her hands on alexa alexa's gonna just yeah, thrown around. I love Alexa Bliss. I I I was so stoked that she won, and and I'm I'm happy that she's, you know, back with the belt because I think that she does a really good job of making it important. Yeah, and she's uh, I don't know. She's a great heel in in a time when we have even our greatest heels are our baby faces, right? She's just really good at being hateable. Yeah. Ben hates Alexa Bliss so much because she's so damn hateable. It's fair. So does Marla. It's I, totally. And that's, they were so mad, and I was like, "Hell yeah!" She's the new champ. It, it's I, I don't know. I think she's a great second tier champion. Yeah, she's not. Nev- she's never gonna be on the level of Charlotte or right. You know, Oscar or, or Ronda. But you know, whoever whoever she's fending off, she's gonna like just help to elevate yeah and it's interesting because she her face to face with naya it's not a match she's gonna get stomped we knew that from the start but somehow she manages to be her presence manages to be to to be able to hold up against these people yeah yeah she's fantastic i'm i'm a huge huge fan um you know i i thought that i thought the money in the bank really just on the whole was was a really wonderful show um you know and and that that ladder match and like what they did with with the women's belt it was like oh my god they're like really going for it on all fronts as far as storytelling goes um it was kind of a bummer having braun close that show with a victory yeah i agree i think he doesn't Look at that guy. He doesn't need anything to say that he gets a match for the title. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is, right? The storyline going up to Money in the Bank was Kevin Owens asking everybody if they'd team up with him because no one can beat Braun. Yeah. And the the match itself had everybody teaming up against them because we know no one can beat Braun. I, I think it's an interesting spot to be in because we've all been saying for the past couple of months that we're nervous about Braun. We're not sure where they're going with him because they haven't actually put anything on him. They haven't put him in the big fights. Now they put something on him and it just, it still doesn't feel right. Yeah. I was thinking about, I was thinking about him actually in relation to Roman. Cause remember uh, Royal Rumble 2014, you know, when Roman was eliminating everybody mm-hmm. And you're watching that match, that Royal Rumble match, and you're like, are they going with Roman? Like, is that what they're fucking doing? Because I'm down. You know, he 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 hadn't, like, 
fractioned off from the shield yet. It was like he was he was a cool guy within a cool group, but you know, he didn't establish himself as like a personality that could, you know, actually be in the main event of WrestleMania. Sure. And I think we're all watching it just kind of excited on the idea that like, oh my god, they're going to give it to him. Yeah. And then he lost. And then they spend nine months like ripening him and making sure that he's ready to do it. And then the crowd turns on him. At that point, it's too late. I'm nervous for, for Braun. I now. feel like the same thing is happening. And, you know, I could be totally wrong. He could do a very, very dope uh, move with a cash in, which he's kind of hinting at just being like, whenever Brock's here, I'm cashing this in. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the 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 uh, the pan was hot with Braun a few months ago, mm-hmm. and you know his win. It it's it's weird. It just felt like it was just a non finish to me. Yeah, I agree. I I don't he, I don't understand why he couldn't just say next time Brock's in town, we're fighting. No one's without without the briefcase he could have just said that no one's gonna stop him right it's just weird that they've like stutter stepped with him but only with like brock and roman and he just like plows through everybody else Mm -hmm. but it's been four or five months since you know since roman faced him at elimination chamber and i mean he was he was a monster then but you know even more so now but now the now the fucking thing is getting stale for me. Yeah, exactly. How far can you go with this monster? I mean, we know that the that a, like a booking a giant is very difficult, right? Yeah. There's only a couple things they can do. Braun is doing one of them really well right now, but that has a finite lifespan. There's only a certain amount of time you can do that for be- before it becomes this really stale routine. And you know, I mean, I, I guess I think we've all realized that it's we're all coming towards that realization. It's maybe past its peak brawn time. And now there's going to be diminishing returns here. Whether or not he beats Brock, he fights Brock, he beats Brock, whatever happens. I think we all agree that Brock needs to lose that belt sooner rather than later. Right. And Braun maybe wins it from him here. But that is not... No one's going to be very excited about that. And then when it happens, no one's going to certainly no one's going to be very excited about Braun as a champ. I just look at it like they had that match. They had that match eight months ago, and it seemed like a really good time for him to just win it then. Mm -hmm. But they decided not to, and they've only made him look stronger. But I don't know. It's it's just – it's off a little bit. I I feel like like this is one of those instances where there are plans – for something and we are sticking to those plans despite what the crowd is giving us at the moment yeah maybe they planned ahead a little too far and i don't know I, whatever it'll play itself out we'll see how it goes i'm the main it, event hasn't been the main event of wrestling for a long time now it's so, so weird right it's fine we did get man it was uh worthy of a main event but you know, finally the match that we wanted from AJ and Shin. What a match. That was so fucking good. That was a good match. And a good last man standing match. Yeah. I've never been a part or seen a last man standing match that was that climactic of a finish. Totally. I think 
we were all a little nervous about that being the the stipulation here uh but it worked they those i don't know the the tables were great i think there was so much build-up throughout that match that they, they played it off really well and i don't know the the way that both of them are handling those those uh count out counts those 10 counts was so smart and just the tension building throughout was just really well done absolutely and you know it it made it made the nut shots kind of worth it to be honest that aj kick was just fantastic i really really love that I, i love that match a lot too and i feel like this can this can be the end for now Sure. I feel like, you know, there could be a great, like, Nakamura redemption story. I still think that, like, I mean, he's been doing great heel work here, but put him in with AJ when it makes sense on a level other than we know that you know that they had a match. Yeah. Way back when. Yeah, yeah. Rather than, like, being fan service actually building them both up to a level where it makes sense for them to want to fight for that title together totally um so you know one of my favorite matches on the night seth rollins beats elias to retain the intercontinental title and then the next night he loses to Shawn michaels on monday night (laughs) raw I mean, that was so fantastic. The The Rollins-Elias match was good, right? Yeah. That match was good. Oh, I loved it. A lot of fun. Elias Elias is such an interesting character. Yeah. He's a, he's a dastardly, disgusting, cowardly heel, but we all love him. We all love him. He does the thing that we know we're going to get, and we get so excited for when he gets ready to do it. And then he does it, and then we boo him. It's so fun. It, it's a piece of perfect heel. It we, makes sense too, right? It's like it's like we know what we're participating in. This is this is the guy that comes and says that the place that he's in is bad, but they found a way to do it in a in a fresh way, and it's unique every time. And and he, yeah, he's captivating. He really is, and he's a good wrestler. I don't think anyone would say he's a great wrestler. No, right. one, no one's yeah. been super. He's fine. He's totally, it, totally good. I, I would never say anything bad about him. But he's not. It's not like wow, that five star match that Elias put on. But that seven star that match. Seven that he put on. Jesus. That <laughs> I don't, so I don't know. I think watching him in the ring with Seth Rollins was cool. But I think what was even better is just is the the pop that he gets is so so solid every time yeah that it's it's worth it man to have this guy continue coming out and continue being a mid-card like big name i mean you got to think about the the position that this guy is in he's he's on the road he's making he's making money and he only has to do the physically brutal stuff like every couple weeks yeah what a good spot yeah, he's got he, he, he works a program and then and then he's just gonna he's just gonna be playing guitar for the next few weeks <laughs> maybe he'll fight one person um but yeah the next night monday night raw wow holy shit dude i think first and foremost i don't know how much you caught of it but the you know seth Rollins comes out gives his little speech everyone's very happy he retains the belt this seems like a perfunctory just like a, a total 
yeah, he's out the next night. He'll put on a little match, try and keep the crowd hot. This will be the wrestling match, the quote-unquote wrestling match of the show. Uh, but we see uh, Dolph and we see Drew come out. And that was ominous from the start because we're not sure who's going to fight, right? Right. Seth's talking about the open challenge. Dolph comes out. Drew comes out afterwards. And I've, all of a sudden, we're a little nervous about, wow, is Drew McIntyre going to fight Seth Rollins for this championship belt? That's crazy. Dolph shows up in the ring. The match is Dolph versus Seth. And I think as soon as that happens, the whole audience, the whole crowd, the home, the whole at-home viewership has resigned themselves to the fact that Seth Rollins is retaining this title. This is the wrestling match of the show. They're going to put 15 minutes on. That's going to be really good wrestling. And that's that. But in the end, Dolph wins clean. And we have a new IC champion. Unreal. Unreal. Because, yeah, the, and you know that they're playing off of that, too. It totally. Completely. It was. It's such a smart move. It, Dolph Ziggler is the perpetual loser. We, of course, he comes out and he performs, and they—it's a celebratory match. It's a spotlight event. It's like it's like, oh man, like they're they're doing such good stuff with these two. Why are why are they totally Dolph lose here? That's exactly what I think. That's what exact the temperature of the entire room was. Yeah, yeah, I love it, and I and I love that Seth is like rematch next week because that to me says. I'm going to lose, and then I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm going back to the fucking main event, and I earned it, baby. Totally. And it also is uh, the uh, on the on the champion side of things, Drew and Dolph come out of it. Drew says, this is the first of a lot of championships we're going to get. The yeah. Sean and Diesel thing is happening oh, hard. Oh, man. Which, this gives Dolph purpose. Yeah. Something that we've always wanted for him. Uh, I think there was a there was a definite concern that Drew and Dolph was just looking cool and gonna quickly fall by the wayside, and that sentiment was only reinforced uh, more and more until that pinfall until happened. He fucking until did he it. fucking did it. It's yeah, it's crazy to consider because I mean, in a lot of ways, Dolph is like a manager for Drew, you know, help the young guy, but now he's a fucking intercontinental champion that means a little bit more now i think yeah i think that it's it's great for those two i think it's going to end up being great for seth could you imagine seth and brock at SummerSlam? oh if how, only how much would that make sense right now if only it's the fucking hottest superstar that there is and i mean that curb stomp happened before like these two could fight oh man i would just what a goddamn comeback story that would be. Seth Rollins over Brock Lesnar. That's when you put Roman Reigns after the title. Oh, it would be perfect. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, it would be perfect. Um, Very good Raw. Very, very good, good SmackDown. Very good SmackDown. Uh, it feels like we're we're back in it. Yeah. I think that's that's an interesting point. There's, It's funny how predictable it is, but how in the moment it can feel uh hopeless while you're in those post mania doldrums dude yeah and then as soon as money in the bank rolls around the reset button actually gets hit the mm -hmm. new season begins mm -hmm. and everything's kind of reset right like the ic championship gets traded off we've got ronda exploding on stuff we have a new 
number one contender for the WWE Championship after this five-person gauntlet match, which was really solid. So fun. It's it's super cool that we've got – yeah, Rusev is now vying for the title, which is a complete you know change of pace than what's been going on with Nakamura and AJ for the past – seems like six months. I really like the idea that they're going to test the water with Rusev. Totally. And see how it goes. This is great. This is – I mean, he was – you know, brushing up against the main event when he first came up, when he fought John Cena at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. it seemed like that turned into a glorified squash. But now he's back into it and he's right up against it again. And whether he wins or loses, I don't really give a shit. I think it's awesome that he's there. Yeah. I think that, you know, I think AJ, AJ functions really well as, you know, he's not calling it an open challenge. But I like that AJ just holds that belt and he can continue to take on whoever and get you know great stuff out of out of who it is it's nice to be excited again it's nice to to come off of a off of a wrestling weekend uh he didn't have to fly to and you can Mm -hmm. be excited about afterwards um you know there's some some news uh i guess start with the sad news the fact that that leon white passed away uh yeah, a couple of days ago, Vader, Big Van Vader, Big Van Vader, is no longer uh, with us. You and I are of the generation where I remember Vader on the end of his WCW run. I used to watch WCW Saturday nights because it was on TBS, and I thought Vader was cool. I thought he was less cool than Diesel. Sure, but when he came over. First thing he did was fucking beat up Gorilla Monsoon. That shit was crazy. Vader's a monster. Um, you know, and and it's it's kind of kind of a forgettable WWF run sure. for a lot of reasons. You listen to that Pritchard podcast about him? No. It's pretty interesting. Um, just how hyped he was and then just not quickly fell apart just quickly fell apart well sean got real mad at him they had mm. a match at SummerSlam, and sean was like fuck this guy oh man yeah and then that's that was a shame bad. but you know first non-japanese iwgp heavyweight champion that's a badass thing that happened and you know i've been i've been a little bit busy past few days but i've been getting you know, some good Vader matches that seem kind of ripe for the taking the moment you leave. Yeah. Get some dinner in me and watch Bash at the Beach 92 versus Ooh. Sting. They're saying that that's a good one. That's the one. Um, I rewatched the uh, the eyeball incident this morning, which yeah. is uh, interesting and tough. But it's I've seen it. I don't think I'll ever re-see it. That's so, rough. Yeah. I, I rewatched it this morning. It's just like, I don't know. Vader is one of those people that's, still from that old school era of like of fighters right i think it's very telling that that match happened with stan hansen vader just fucking fought through the pain and continued the match it's just like pretty unbelievable i think one of the interesting things about vader is that he's sort of up in that tier of if you bring up wrestling to someone that doesn't watch wrestling that's over the age of 30 vader vader is one of it's like undertaker hulk hogan rick flair and vader is in the mix there when someone brings up like one of the weird ones someone brings up jake the snake or vader Uh uh-huh hacksaw jim duggan yeah vader yeah i mean it might be from boy meets world yeah i think Stakino's dad a lot of those memes popped up mr feeney saying you were scarier when you had acne 
I mean, he was great in that episode. He's very lovable because of that. I think to a whole generation of younger folks. Uh, it sucks, man. I, the dude was huge. His heart broke. I, it sucks. It happened. I don't know what to do about it. Big cast was released. Smell you later. Yeah, who needs him? Fucking Trump supporter. They don't even. They don't even like send him off on TV. They're just like, yeah, he's out. I don't Bye. think he even got a best luck on your future endeavors, dude. The the text that I sent you was the statement online. That's so They've fucking crazy. Agreed to release. That's I've never seen that before. Yeah, he. I don't think he had any friends. Yeah, I. It's just weird. It seems like the best luck feature endeavor endeavors happens to everybody, no matter who they are. Whether I mean, you hear stories about people going on on bad terms with the company, but they're still getting that perfunctory yeah. like bullshit response from the company that outward pr move it's crazy that cast got nothing and he's just gone are people gonna cheer for him when he shows up at a pwg show i don't think so because i think that they know that he's a trump guy yeah i think that's probably true um so yeah we got uh sammy zane's hurt uh which makes sense kind of for what they did on on uh money in the bank to him that was a bummer that was that was the one uh dull spot of the evening was just watching that that was the immediate pee break it sucks that 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 he's hurt yeah it sucks that from something like that that Sami Zayn is not going to be able to wrestle in real important matches and actually do cool things uh that he had to do this bullshit and it's costing him time on his career yeah i mean when you go away for that you know amount of time and it doesn't really matter like what your last match was it's like you come back and and all that stuff it's mm-hmm. like it continually gets thrown out the window sure um nxt is launching nxt uk that should be exciting this whole tournament is very exciting oh man we got an exciting uh couple nights to look forward to monday and tuesday is that starting next week i believe so oh, jesus christ we have so much to watch Watch some strong style a bit of wrestling um yeah you know I, they always i those those just always have a cool feel to it um you know the uh whatever they end up doing with nxt uk it's pretty exciting to just see them like continue to expand outward with that brand, which brings us to something that Triple H said. Um, he didn't really say, but he said something along the lines of, you know, working with other promotions, which kind of snowballed into Triple H says that he'd be down to work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if you. I don't think we didn't talk about this at all. I don't know how much you follow, but this past week was um, it was an expo called E3. It's like the big video game expo. Yeah, no, Omega. Omega. Omega he faced Xavier Woods and what Street Fighter. Yeah, they played Street Fighter together. But it was it was the elite. It was the golden elite. It was Omega and the Young Bucks versus the New Day, which was they were all there doing their things. Right. Which was a really interesting. Uh, Woods did it like an interview on a podcast afterwards and talked about how this is something that never would have happened in the past, even like two or three years ago. Oh, this wow. never would have been possible. Uh, breaking a bit of kayfabe here and there, but you know, kind of just saying like, yeah, we've been building this for a long enough time and just waited for an opportunity because I don't know if you've seen earlier, they 
had they a go couple, back and forth on Twitter. And they stuff, go back and forth right? on Twitter. Omega's been on Woods's uh, Up Up Down Down, his video game YouTube channel. Uh-huh. They've played a couple matches at like barcades before, but this was this big promoted event. Uh, and Xavier Woods is at this event strictly representing WWE. They send him there. They're he's there for that reason, and they're mm-hmm. still allowing this cross promotional shit. It's cool. I think that's like a very telling sign that, yeah, they're open to working with other companies. How is he like as a video game guy for you? Oh, he's cool. Is he? He's cool. He's legit. Uh, it's like, because like, you know, Punk like wears an H2O sweatshirt and it's like, oh, He's the man, lamest right. punk rocker ever. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Xavier Woods is a legit video game dude. I think everyone, he's got a channel that I'll watch. I'll put it on when I'm doing stuff. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's cool. He's a legit dude. Well, the the thought of you know we we've been talking about oh shit. Do we have... talk about climax? I wrote it down. What were we gonna talk about? Just that they announced the card. We can wait. Yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Um. But the thought, the thought, kind of put us into this this position of like hey this might be a fun thing to do and we're gonna do it next week we are each gonna set up a card of a new japan versus wwe extravaganza big old pay-per-view when the brands collide cross promotional the only time each year when new japan and (laughs) wwe superstars face each other so so how are we gonna do this so we're going to do a nine match card. Nine matches. Um you got to have you got to have at least four singles matches. Okay, four straight up singles matches. Mhm. And any of those can they they can have stipulations? Yes, no. Stipulations, yes. Okay. Um you are not allowed to do more than one of a type of multi-person match. So one triple threat, one fatal four-way, but you do have a cage or a hell in a cell at your disposal. So if you want to do, do a triple threat in a cage and then a triple threat not in a cage, you can do that. That's fair game. Other than that, it's all fair game. But we're gonna you're gonna think about uh where it's happening. Okay. And kind of what what the stipulations are, you know, as in we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of booking aside from just the it's New Japan versus wwe sure. so you're gonna you're gonna try and think of Get like a little a, build ahead of time if right. we need to mm-hmm. okay but any new japan superstars are fair game any wwe superstars are fair game any nxt superstars are fair game and they're on the wwe side they are on the wwe side sure so we'll be doing that next week we'll talk a little bit about like what happens you know in the wrestling world if anything comes up um but that's something for us to look forward to and for all y'all out there to look forward to uh subscribe to the show on apple Podcasts. tell a friend about it uh yeah we 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 just do this because we like each other and we like hanging out with each other and sometimes you work an 11 hour day and you get to hang out with your friend afterwards and you're not even mad about the fact that you got to do it because you like him so much. It's great. My brain's been mush for the past week and this has been a nice 
something's out there cleansing it's been a cleansing something's experience. out there we're healing this is a good way to to spend the time and we hope that you're enjoying the conversation so we will be back with it next week thanks brothers. <laughs>